this is Shayla Adam Stafford and you're listening to PBL in Practice. Thank you for tuning in to another week of Project-Based Learning in Practice, a weekly broadcast where we talk with top leaders in project-based learning from all over the country to discover best practices, share successes and failures, and learn from each other. My name is Shayla Adam Stafford, and I've been an educator for the past 10 years, focusing specifically on project-based learning. I'm also the founder of Remix Education, a nonprofit that serves first-generation college Brown students. Well, enough about me. Let's jump into our guest for today. Our guests for today are Ryan Gordy and Adam Hughes, the wellness coordinators at Canton Public Schools in Canton, Massachusetts. Both Adam and Ryan graduated from West Virginia University together with a master's degree in physical education, teacher education. Their responsibilities include overseeing health and physical education for the school district, curriculum, staffing, evaluations, budgets, and so on. Both of these, all of these activities have put them in leadership positions to impact adaptive change and growth within the world of wellness, which they're both extremely passionate about. So let's dive into the interview. Hi, Shayla. Hi, Ryan and Adam. How are you guys doing today? Good. Doing real well. We're act, uh, we're really excited to be on the podcast here with you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have to tell our listeners that um, Ryan and Adam gave me a little bit of a hard time because I went to school in Massachusetts, but I had never heard of Canton. So. <laughs> it's, like, it's like 20 minutes away from where you went to school, Shayla. Guys, I'm sorry. I was... I was in the library. What can I say? <laughs> but um, yeah, when I go back up for a reunion, I'm going to have to, you know, drive through Canton, figure out um, how I missed that. <laughs> yeah. well, we'd love to have you over here at Canton High School. So if you come back up for a reunion, you got to come over and check it out. I will. I will. So I want to um, just first, again, thank you all for being on the show today. And we heard a little bit about your background, but what else should our listeners know about you guys? So, uh, yeah, my name is Ryan Gordy. I'm the K through 12 wellness coordinator at Canton Public Schools in Canton, Massachusetts. Um, Adam is uh, a wellness teacher here. He teaches both physical education and health classes. We both coach in the school, too. I'm the head basketball coach. Adam is the offensive coordinator for our football team. Um, And we both developed a, a club that we're extremely proud of called the Canton Character Crew. And it's uh, a crew that is um, really, really helps promote uh, a good social climate within our building. Um, we started it a few years ago, and it's grown from what started with 12 students um, to over 150 now. So it's become a, a little bit of a, a culture uh, setting uh, for, for Canton High School. It's been something that, that we're proud of. We promote really good character. We try to promote that working hard is is cool. And, you know, if you can do well in school and you can be really nice to people uh, and have really good character, then we try to promote that that's a really cool thing to do, um, which can be tricky in high school for teenagers. So that's something we're proud of. Um, little little background about Adam and I's history is we actually met at West Virginia University, um, where we were enrolled in the same grad program. And, uh, you know, we hit it off there, had a, had a really good experience in that program. We ended up with the same master's degree from West Virginia. And, um, you know, now we get to work with each other. So that's, that's been a really cool experience for Adam and I on a personal level. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's so cool to see how many students are, you know, interested in that club and really developing those character skills, because I know nationally, you know, schools are trying to figure out how do we, um, how do we integrate social emotional learning into really all disciplines? And so you guys seem to have found kind of the, the secret sauce to make kids want to learn about character building and hard work and some of these um, attributes that are being associated with social emotional learning and, and helping kids work together collectively in teams and in groups. So that's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm gonna, can I, can I steal that? I want to use the word secret <laughs> sauce at my next meeting. I like that. <laughs> it's totally fine. Not a problem. Not a problem. Just go ahead and take it. <laughs> so tell me what brought you guys to PBL. Uh, okay. So we, um, our school has been transitioning into the PBL model in the last couple of years. And it really started with us um, taking a look at mental health and wanting to help uh, eliminate social anxiety for students um, and create a better social emotional learning environment for our students. So uh, our school district decided that we were going to invest in PBL uh, professional development. And we've been working with Talena from the Buck Institute of Education. And Talena has been terrific. She's kind of guided us through this entire process. Um, we've had multiple uh, professional development opportunities throughout the course of the year. Um, mm. And I think thus far, it's been a transformative experience for us. And if it can be transformative for our educators, we're hoping we, that we can provide a transformative experience for our students as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So given all of that, what do you feel is your PBL superpower? Ah, this is a good one. So, um, you know, PBL to me is about people first. Um, you know, content is there to reinforce transferable skills learned within our projects. Uh, but if you center your PBL around people, the work becomes engaging. Student ownership increases as a result. Of, and, and that usually results in a better overall product. And mm -hmm. I believe that we should be measuring collaboration and relationships not, necess not necessarily memorization. And if you put the whole student and person first and lesson plan for students to solve problems and complete tasks, rather than just absorb, retain, and release information, critical thinking and growth, it just begins to happen in those environments. Absolutely. People first, student, really having students at the center of your PBL. And sometimes it's hard to do that um, as a first as a teacher just jumping into PBL because you're like, I've got the content, content, content that I've got to get through. Um, but you're right. I mean, if you really think about student ownership as sort of the keystone, the cornerstone that we're building our project around, I really agree with that. Um, tell us a little bit, well, give us a story about a breakthrough PBL moment for you both. Yeah, so a little story. I mean, so, so we used to run traditional physical education classes where each unit was some form of physical activity, right? So we had, you know, a net sports unit or a yoga unit or a team sports unit, fitness and conditioning units, so on and so forth. Um, the problem that we were finding was that regardless of the unit, only two thirds of the class was interested and invested. So maybe the team sports kids were really into that. Two thirds of the class was into it. One third of the class was like, that's not for me. That's not what I want to do. Um, and then we transition into like a yoga unit and two thirds of our kids would be really into that. But one third of our kids would be like, yeah, yoga is just not my thing. Right? right. So we wanted to develop a curriculum that encompassed PBL that would engage all of our students. Um, mm -hmm. So we held a focus group 
and we worked with a terrific professional developer named Nate Fallen. And we developed uh, what we call is our experience education curriculum, and it has a PBL focus. And what we do is we take um, problems uh, for students to solve and tasks for students to complete, and we incorporate a little bit of adventure education programming. And Can what you ends up happening? That a bit? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm so sorry. And, yep. Yep. Yeah. That's okay. So adventure education programming is a little bit more of um, it's it's task oriented uh, as opposed to sport specific. Um, there's still movement involved. But it's really about a team completing a task, solving a problem, working together. Um, and it allows us as educators to really uh, watch these, these, we call them transferable skills, just happen, right? So um, when you give a group of students a problem to solve, and sometimes it can be movement-based, uh, yeah. what ends up happening is somebody has to be the leader. Uh, somebody has to make some decisions. Somebody has to collaborate. They have to communicate with one another. They have to problem solve. Um, student voice and choice is heard. There's a variety of ways to solve these problems. So a variety of uh, uh, di different groups can solve it in different ways, leading to the group's strengths and weaknesses. Um, and all of a sudden, you just watch just, just education happen. And what we are excited about is these are skills that they can take with them uh, outside of a physical education class into any other class in high school and to their life beyond, um, beyond high school. So can you give me an example of um, a task that you may give students um, within your experience education curriculum? Yeah, hey, Shayla, this is Adam. Um, um, so one really cool one that we do is we take classes and we, depending on the class size, either split them up into smaller groups or we let the entire class do the task as a whole. Um, mm -hmm. But the objective is, is that all students have to start on their own individual spot in a circle and the objective is for all students to completely get their entire body through a hula hoop as fast as possible um, only one person uh, in the group may touch the hula hoop and once it comes off the ground it can't touch the ground again until everybody is through um, the time doesn't stop until everybody's through and standing back on a numbered spot um, and it's a it's a pretty cool game just to watch unfold because at first the kids are kind of all looking around the circle like, um, okay, I'm not really sure what to do. And, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like Ryan said, awesome just kind of happens. Like it just kind of takes place. Right. Uh, and it takes literally one kid to be able to say, okay, I'll take the hoop. And once they grab the hoop, ideas just kind of start to flow. Um, and they start coming up with ideas and they start asking questions of, you know, can we do this? Can we do that? What's this rule? Um, and it's it's pretty unique just to see how they interact. Um, I actually had a class do this just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it was a class that um, I don't believe coming into the class had a lot of interaction with each other as a group. Um, mm -hmm prior to the class uh, and it was actually unreal just to watch how they collaborated as a group to get through the task um, and by the end they had gotten uh, all 15 members of their class through the hoop in 11 seconds 
so this is cool because it's kind of like these are like brain teasers, but they have to work together um, and they have to use their body and they have to use these collaboration skills. And so my question for you guys is how how do you measure that? How do you grade that? Um, just thinking about if I'm a PE teacher and I want to try something like this and I find a way to align it to my curriculum, how would I grade? How would I measure and grade that? Yeah, so we have a rubric that we go off of for the class. Um, as well as we ask students to self-assess and reflect on their own personal experience each day um, and throughout the entire class to kind of ensure what they learned and have them conjugate that back to us um, in the sense of their own personal self-reflection, which the experience is different for each kid depending upon the role or the the interaction that they had within that game for that day. Um, so we, we have a collaboration-based rubric that we uh, hand out to the students that they know about, that they're uh, in tune with on the regular basis for the class. And then um, we ask them to self-assess and reflect after each class, whether if that's a think-pair-share at the end of class or if that's um, talking out loud and, and, or writing it down and then sharing it out loud with us or writing it down and just handing it in um, as just a reflective piece to close out the day. Um, so we have a couple of different ways that we really assess, you know, what are they learning? How are they learning it? And are they really grasping it and taking it away with them? Yeah, no, I, I love the self-reflection piece. Um, so, I mean, I can just imagine, you know, kids probably come into your class with this idea of what PE is going to be. And then you're like rocking their world with something totally <laughs> different and unexpected that they, you know, may have not experienced before. So what has been a challenging moment for you in your PBL journey, given that you're kind of revamping the way that, you know, students are thinking about wellness and physical education? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great question. And we see this all the time. It's not the students that actually are in the class. It's the students that are coming into the class. Right. That's probably been our biggest challenge. So um, we are definitely trying to change stigmas around physical education. Uh, there's a lot of stigmas out there, like it's, it's for the best athletes or all you do is sports. Um, mm. And we're trying to change that stigma. And we're trying to really do a good job of reducing social anxiety for phys ed classes for all students. Um, we like to, we kind of term the phrase, this isn't your parents' gym class, right? <laughs> we, have a, we have a lot of interaction with parents who, you know, want, want to ask questions about what we do and, and, you know, they might have reasons for why their, their child shouldn't take a phys ed class. Um, mm. And we have to do a lot of our explaining to parents and just say, listen, whatever experience you had in, in your high school PE class, um, I'm pretty sure this is a sort of a cutting edge new uh, style. And I'm pretty sure that this is going to be a different experience than, than the one that you had. So we spent a lot of time, um, you know, working with families to reduce that social anxiety to make sure that their child feels comfortable coming into our class early on. Um, and we also do a really good job, I'd say, in our first two or three classes of sort of setting the tone for what the culture in the class is going to be like. Um, we spend a lot of time focusing on um, the social interaction and making sure that it's a supportive environment and making sure that students understand the ground rules in the class of being uh, supportive of one another and not critical, especially in a situation in which, um, you know, students might feel inadequate if they, uh, if they have uh, self, self body or self image issues, um, or if they don't feel athletic, or if they're completely uncomfortable in that environment. But we would argue that 
if you can feel a little bit more comfortable feeling uncomfortable, that's, that's growth. That's a growth opportunity uh, for each student. Nice. That, that's awesome. And, and I feel like you guys probably have teachers from other disciplines who want to kind of use some of the, the activities that you all are doing. And so, you know, what specific tips would you give to PBL practitioners um, that are in your field of focus, but maybe in other fields that, that may want to try some of what you're doing? Um, yeah, so, you know, in, in phys ed, we need to try to eliminate these negative stigmas that come with it and, and things like that. Um, you know, we do get questions all the time of, you know, how do I incorporate and what can I incorporate and, uh, into my other classes? And um, I do this thing called Brain Gym with my classes. Um, and um, it's just a quick uh, to start off class to activate, you know, the, the brain and the body and connect everything so the students are more open and receptive to be able to learn. Um, so that's something that we always suggest to other teachers and other disciplines to do just at the start of class um, for about two minutes, um, just to kick everything off and, and get the kids moving um, and just really open their minds so that they have at least some type of physical release right before that class so that their brain um, is working on all levels and all hemispheres of their brain are connected. I need, and I need that in some of the meetings that I sit in. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's good. Awesome. That's, that's good. Awesome. Yeah, Adam actually does it at faculty meetings for our whole staff too. It's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, developing our phys ed model, uh, which you know we're trying to promote as much social emotional learning and growth uh, to help create this atmosphere where students really feel comfortable. Um, you know, we we want them to feel comfortable taking risks uh, that will lead them to grow in ways that they never really envision for themselves um, and for a lot of kids uh, phys ed often comes with a, a stigma of you know they're going to have a lot of social anxiety around it and they're going to feel uncomfortable with it and they may not feel like they want to participate in it and uh, you know we try to smash that and get rid of that stigma from day one and um, you know we want to make sure that our students come into class every single day and enjoy the benefits of being active um, without really feeling that they're inadequate in any way. We want all kids to feel included and feel like they have a voice, they have a, a part in every decision and in every uh, environment that they could possibly walk in, um, no matter if it's in a phys ed class or if it's somewhere in high school or if it's just somewhere in their real world. Nice. Well, we are about to wrap up, and I wanted to know if you all had any specific tips for PBL practitioners or organizational tools that have really helped you guys. Yes, yeah, specifically for phys ed, uh, we, we subscribe to a website called Plameo.com. Mm. Um, Plameo has sort of served as our playbook for these different tasks and these different uh, problems and, and situations that we put our students into. Um, it's, you know, they, they have skills, uh, in Plameo.com and we can take, uh, different games and activities that center around these skills and, uh, put our students into those environments in which they need to solve those problems and complete those tasks. So that's been absolutely wonderful. Um, okay. we've also developed many, many of our problems and tasks for our students from a book called the 100th monkey. So the 100th monkey has been uh, sort of uh, the backbone to the development of this entire experience education curriculum. 
that was written by Nate Follin, who I mentioned earlier. Um, okay. And Nate has worked with our department for two years now, and he's really been uh, one of the most important backbones uh, for us in developing and shaping this this new physical education model. Awesome. So playmeo.com and check out the 100th monkey by Nate Follin. So, okay. Those are both two awesome resources. Thank you so much. Now folks want to get in contact with you after you guys dropped so many gems of just great information from your own curriculum that you're developing um, to just some of the tasks that you've created for students to, to actually engage with. And then, you know, if people just want some advice, you know, in transitioning a physical education classroom um, to like a truly PBL student centered classroom, um, how can folks get in contact with you guys? Definitely. So they can email me. Uh, so my email is Gordy R at cpsmail.org. And if they wanted to reach out on social media, my Twitter handle is at Coach Gordy, G-O-R-D-Y. Awesome. Awesome. Adam, are you, are you on Twitter, Adam? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if folks want to get in contact with you, Adam, should they just go through um, they, Coach Gordy? Or <laughs> yeah, they can do that or they can, um, they can email me. Uh, Hughes A at cpsmail.org. Nice, nice. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the show. Um, I really enjoy talking with you guys, and I can guarantee a lot of folks around the country are probably going to be connecting with you because, like I said earlier, folks are trying to find a way to really tap into this SEL work and make it really fun, engaging, but with a purpose for students. So, thanks for all you do. Yeah, Shayla, and we want to thank you for the opportunity to come on here today. And, um, you know, you're doing great work. You're connecting people from all over, sharing ideas. We talked a lot about collaboration today, and you're sort of the centerpiece for educators collaborating around the country about this important work. So thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. Thank you so much, Ryan. Well, Ryan and Adam, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy this this three-day weekend. And um, our listeners, we'll make sure that you connect with Ryan and Adam on PE and PBL. Have a great rest of your week. You too, Shayla. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of PBL in Practice. I forgot to mention that you all can follow me on Twitter, and that's at Stafford underscore Shayla. And a blog is coming soon, so check that out. I'm going to have some great resources and tips on there for PBL practitioners, including a journal, um, which is going to help you as the teacher keep yourself together because I know how it gets when you're in the midst of your project and you feel like you're losing it. And so some great resources are coming down the pipeline. Please stay tuned. Thanks.